four, three, two, one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Try this over again. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Tuesday, January 10th meeting of the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Fund and the Milton Select Board. My name is Arthur Doyle. I'm serving this year as chair of the Select Board. We'll introduce the members. Vice Chair. Uh, thank you, uh, Chair Doyle. Mike Zulis, Vice Chair. Richard Wells, Secretary. Roxanne Musto, member. And member. Uh, Bradley will be coming later. She's at an affordable housing trust meeting that began at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Nicholas Milano, town administrator. And Mr. Freytag. Town council. Thank you. With the meeting called to order, could you please join in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which, for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. This time on the agenda, we turn to public comment. And uh, as is our tradition, we put aside 15 minutes for public comment with each person speaking, having up to three minutes. Uh, and I invite anybody who wishes to make public comment to come to the table and do so. Or raise their hand on the Zoom webinar. Correct. Do we have anyone? There are participants here. No one has raised their hand for public comment, however. Okay. Thank you. So with no public comment, we will uh, go to item number four on the agenda, which is the Governor Stoughton Trust of Financials. And um, we have two important responsibilities, at least two important responsibilities with the Governor Stoughton Trust. And again, for those who may not be familiar with the trust, the uh, will of Governor Stoughton uh, provided that the trust, that the select the men then and now select board members serve as the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust. And we are meeting first in our capacity as trustees. At uh, present, um, we uh, have these two major responsibilities that I referenced. One is a fiduciary responsibility for the monies that were uh, gained by the town with the sale of most of the property uh, in the approximately 40-acre site for the Governor Stoughton bequest to the town of Milton. And the second is the remaining approximately five acres of land uh, of which we have responsibility. Mr. Milano, would you like to uh, bring us up to date on the financials that you shared earlier today with the chair? Sure. Um, Treasurer McAuliffe um, and I spoke a couple times over the past couple of days to get an update on um, the trust as it stands uh, financially now and also its investment portfolio. Um, and this information was distributed to the select board. Um, so as of right now, uh, there is approximately uh, $5,449,000 available in the Governor Stoughton Trust. Um, that is as of December 31st, 2022, and it reflects um, investment earnings that have been earned um, over the past few months. 
Um, in terms of the trust portfolio and investments, all of the town's trust funds are invested together. Um, right now, the earlier this year, earlier this calendar year, the treasurer and the, our financial advisor took most of the money out of um, equities and the stock market, anticipating a potential slowdown. Um, so much of the investment is in fixed income, mostly treasury bonds, which um, are earning approximately 4% right now. So it's steady investment um, that we hope to continue to accrue um, over the next several months um, as we adjust and see how the market goes. So based on um, the Governor Stoughton Trust's uh, trans recent transfer to the Milton Resident Fund um, of $120,000, that leaves a balance of $5,449,000. And um, of that amount, $5,350,000 is the proceeds the town received through the transactions with Pulte Homes, um, which gives us a delta of about $100,000 of money available um, as expendable, um, as separate from that um, $5,350,000 that we have been characterizing as the endowment funds um, that cannot be spent. And we know with the uncertainties of the market that we probably should not go to the 100000 approximately, but probably keep a a threshold well below that, as a safety margin. Uh, I have a question for Mr. Uh, Freytag, uh, if I may. Uh, there was a question uh, some time ago about the $350,000, which were the funds received um, from the drainage easement that was granted. Um, and I was wondering if we had an answer to the question as to whether or not they stay with the principal as part of the sale of the land, or as if they are available to the trustees for their disposition in accordance with the will. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Kevin Freitag again from the Office of Town Council. It's my opinion that they should stay with the sale proceeds and be treated similarly. Good. Thank you, Mr. Freitag. That's a very important I agree. matter. Just a point of, is, is that included in the 5.4? Correct, yep. So if that's true, if it's 5.4, and how, how much was these with 300,000? Here we go. Yeah, okay. so, I did a little calculation. So that's all you have available. Right. right that's, that's approximately $100,000. That's that after the 120000 that you just moved? Okay. That, yes, that's correct. I wasn't here, but did, did um, I don't know who came in, either Noreen or, or Susan, did they indicate coming back a time frame when they might need to come back again? Not that I recall. Okay. Um, this leads us on the financial side to take a look at a future meeting, and we have purposely, by the way, set aside this meeting to deal explicitly with the Governor Stoughton uh, trustees' responsibilities first. It's been the pattern for the Governor Stoughton trust fund meetings to occur following the select board meetings, and we need to uh, take a look at periodically spending a considerable amount of time as the trustees. Welcome. Hi. You mentioned that you would be joining us. Yeah, a little late. Yeah, you're here. Few my kids. Single mom. <laughs> so you might um, look to the future at ways of um, discerning what we might want to have as an investment uh, philosophy. Um, a program, apart from the other funds uh, that are managed by the town of Milton, we might want to see whether or not there is a percentage of the earnings annually 
that might go back into the principles, as is done with some uh, funds, because we know that over time that their value diminishes unless there is an infusion of additional resources into them. I don't know whether or not we need to have a reserve fund uh, within the Governor Stoughton Fund for any emergencies uh, that would come out of uh, interest earnings and be set aside uh, for whatever unexpected purposes might be realized. And then um, have an, a, a reporting process whereby we see clearly on a very easy calculated basis what the interest earnings are and the monies that we have uh, at our disposal as the trustees at any given point in time. So just a couple of thoughts and I'd entertain any additional thoughts from the members of the select board uh, on this particular aspect of uh, the discussion. Uh, all right. So, so I, well, thank you, Mr. Chair. I, I have a couple of thoughts. One is I, I don't believe that, well, we're governed by the, I believe, and town council can correct us, we're governed, I believe, by the, the uh, court decision uh, that was made at the time of the Pulte sale, directing the town to use the funds in a certain way. I don't believe in that decision there was any um, requirement that the town um, retain funds above that $5.3 million. In other words, to, to uh, create some kind of buffer of interest. I don't believe, I believe the court decision said it was appropriate to use interest income. There was nothing in there, and Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, there was nothing in there that, that said use the interest income, but make sure you have a buffer in case, in case your investments go down. So it's my, if, if that's the case, it's my view that if we have $100,000 in the account and we have the, the balance held in fixed income and treasury, that we have $100,000 that we can spend for the benefit of the poor. No and, question. And so my view is that, um, that, um, that you know, it's our obligation to use this the best way we can for the benefit of the poor. And, and I'd rather have the money being used than, than, uh, than being uh, held in our investments. Um, I recognize the importance of keeping it, keeping the, 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 the corpus intact for a long period of time, but I think um, uh, my interest, as I said, my interest is to try to use it as much as possible. And then one more thing, and that is, I actually would like to use the corpus uh, in order for the benefit of the poor, and so I think we should think uh, whether we want to go back to the court to see if we can get some relief uh, for certain projects for not using the five point the five point three million dollars. So I'd, those are just two thoughts that I have. Good. And this is the type of discussion that the chair wants to have. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And uh, taking a look at this from short-term, long-term perspectives, Mr. Wells, you recognized. So I'm just thinking. I agree with Mike on the hundred, but if we spent that hundred, that would give us nothing in case an emergency came up. Uh, so I think before I agree with that, mm -hmm. maybe we should. Especially for the two primary, the two primary benefactors that have been as long as I can remember, which are the old residence fund and the old food pantry, um, you should try to keep some. I'd hate to have to have them come here. Think, oh, we have to wait till the. That's the. That's my that's a good only. Point. That's um, a good point. You know, I just. I wouldn't want to. I don't think anyone should do that on a personal level. I wouldn't want to spend the whole hundred. 
Um, How long did it take to get the 100,000? 100,000. In the interest. That's what we're talking it about. Generate, it should How generate long does about it take? 200 a year, shouldn't it? Like a 4%? Isn't it like two, should be about 216, 216 a year, 4%? At 5.5. So by 4 next million. year, we'll have more than that. Yeah, but you still want to have something. So to that point, maybe I, I'd be comfortable with spending 75 right now, both the 25, and then maybe setting, you know, we get the other two. Maybe trying to keep 100. Just, you know what I mean? Like, look at what COVID, like just COVID alone, I mean, both food insecurity and all the other things that go on with Milton Residence Fund suddenly went from being substantial in that they are to critical. Um, and I hate for them, and I'm sure that if either Susan or Noreen or any of their predecessors, they'd probably say yes. But, um, so I, I'd, I'd be good with that. And this is, our, if I may, this is our best thinking. And one of the things that we might want to do is bring in someone to sit with us in a Governor Stoughton meeting and outline what options are available, what similar funds do, and why they do it, and how they do it, so that we are prudently making the best decisions in the interest of those that this fund is intended to serve. So all of these are good points. And... Um, if we can have some outside eyes come in and, and have a conversation with us, maybe at the next meeting of the Governor's Stoughton Fund, we might be able to come up with some. Well, um, Roxanne, I might have some comments on this at this yeah. time first yeah. before we go. Yeah. No, no, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'll leave. Okay, I'll leave. no, you go ahead. <laughs> you in were terms here of first. policy practice, <laughs> Roxanne? Um, I would say that um, I think it's prudent to have a small amount, you know, spend some but keep a small amount. We don't know what will happen in the next few months with regards to weather, you know, food situations, people losing jobs or the economy. I mean, every day you turn, a, turn on the TV, there's places that are closing, things like that, and the costs are high. So um, we certainly want to make sure we have something that we, that we help people absolutely that need it and we have some kind of a buffer. I'm not quite sure what number we want for that buffer, but I think we should think about that. And we also have to think about market volatility. Right. Yeah, well, the one thing that we do know is that when we first received this, I don't know if that was, were you here that? Were you here when we got the, oh, it was, sorry, it was Katie, David, and I when it came in. And I suggested, I mean, the one benefit of my having my life is nearly 25 years sitting on a foundation very similar yep. that does, is very proactive. And we have some brilliant people to do this. And it was my first thought when we got it. And that's when, I can't remember who came in with Jim. And I don't know, it was, it was some financial. So we will be, you can comment on this if you want, Kevin. We don't have a leeway that you know, the Yorker Foundation or the, or the Red Sox Foundation or you know, some other you know, foundations to private or whatever because it's still quasi-municipal funds and how we can invest them. Um, Actually, I think we're limited to four. Is it four? I wish Jim would go off with it. It's us. But I'm, I'm fine with that. And just my one final question. On the 120, is that what the request was? Is that what they asked? Or did you guys bump it up? They asked for 100, 110. Uh, she projected that they needed 250 this year. And they expected 130 from other sources. Okay. And so we gave them 120 and... and, um, and you know, so I, I think you're right. Um, 
you know, and I think you're right as well, Roxanne. I think w when I said use the hundred thousand, I mean over the period of the year, right? So, so have it, use it, use it. Not, I don't think we should be constrained and think, okay, well, we can't use this because oh, we have to, that. we have to, we have to maintain a, a buffer. A, 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 because, of, because of market volatility, because that's not, I don't think that's the intention and I don't think that was in the decision. Um, the idea is we can spend the interest income if we have it. And, um, but I think, it's, I think you're right, the, the, given the, the, um, the practical needs that we may have over the year, we should, we should you know, space it out, if you will. Yeah. And needs timing is like market timing in some respects. You never know what's going to come through the right. door at the last minute. And if you don't have something there for someone who needs it, you can always backfill and go to a prior recipient and give them the money so that by the end of the year, we're zeroed out. Right. Uh, but it's how do you manage it between now and then? And you have some comments? I uh, do. Um, we, I just sat in on a call earlier this morning regarding the hunger cliff that is coming. Um, the last checks that our seniors will be getting where the feds are matching it to max out their food benefits will be March 2nd. So many of our seniors in town, I have, I went and calculated today, I have 47 clients in town that are on SNAP benefits currently. Um, they have been receiving $250 a month because of the federal match because of COVID. Many of them qualify for between $20 and $50. So they're about to go from $250 to $20. This is a nationwide issue, um, and I'm only speaking about my clients in Milton, but we are definitely going to have a need coming April um, because those last payments will be in March. And I know with your daily today work that you would have a very approximate <laughs> perspective. Get much use. It addresses everything that we're talking about. Absolutely, hundred percent. In, I in situations like that happen, uh, state policy can change, federal policy can change, regulations, practices can change, and we don't want to have any trouble. A lot of times, the seniors have to choose between food and medicine. That's right. So, I mean, that is really a valid concern. Can I ask a question, Mr. Chair? Certainly. Um, the 5.3, 5 5.2 million? 5.3. 5.3. Yep. That's in perpetuity that it just has to sit there? Yes. That's the base on which the earnings. So, can we address? Mike has raised the question. So, as can to we address that next stage of it? Because that just seems absolutely ridiculous in my opinion it's analogous to an endowment i understand that but whoever designed this sale where it stays in perpetuity and i caught an earful earlier this evening um, about how that was brought to the select board and how now we have 5.3 million dollars that are sitting there that we can't use to help the poor it just to me it seems like an oxymoron and I would like to hear Mike's thoughts on what we can do, or Kevin's thoughts on what we can do to try and take this back so that we can see what we can do with it. We can find out what we can do legally. I yeah, that's, that's what the, I mean. That's the first step. And I had another question as well, and that is whether or not the fund is set up in such a way that it can accept gifts. Mm. If somebody wants to leave something. The governor's condoting Christ. I think that's certainly permissible. I would. I think that'd be an easy yes. 
Yeah. yeah, it's an easy yes. I don't need to be Kevin. That's not a hard thing to do. Just make sure we have that because we could let people know. So that opens up then we could use that window. Money. Exactly. Yep. And most good funds do allow for gifts, and there are people who would leave Their a homes. gift of one form or another. You've seen that happen I as have. a buy. Um, very common in university advancement. Yes, Richard. So two points, Kevin. And you can comment on this. First off, is Governor Stoughton, if my memory is correct, Governor Stoughton, unlike APA, where we could have business, you know, people were all allowed to apply, is Governor Stoughton similar to another non 501c3 where they can only give to another 501, hence like Milton Food Pantry, Milton Residence Fund, or another political subdivision? I, I don't remember ever the Governor Stoughton giving to an individual. So I think the only restrictions that you need to be worried about as trustees of the trust are the ones that are in in the will and the the you know the, the term of art in the will is for the poor the benefit of the poor of the town of Milton. I although I I, I don't know of any instances where it was given oh, amounts yeah. were given to a specific person. I I think that you could make a pretty good argument that you might be permitted to do something like that um, if it's you know if the language is sort of more broadly worded. Though, so I think that that kind of reflects the way that the trust has been run thus far, and, and donations have been made up to this point, and not as opposed to just a specific individual. They've sort of been made to in a more general way. The second point is, I believe, on the sale, wasn't it Town Council, Pulte Council, and the AG? Didn't the AG weigh in on that as well? Yes, there were. There. That well, that I'm we not had sure. To take if the highest bid is what they said. No, no, the they, they, no, they weighed in on the, they, they didn't say, no, the select board voted the bid. I was there, I was in the room. Um, and the, but I do believe that in, in that final, the language that Mike refers to, that all three entities weighed in on that. Town council representing the, the trust. Um, I can't remember who, I, I know the name, who Pulte's council was, and the, I thought the AG was involved in that as well. I'm not sure what, if any level of involvement Pulte's council had in it, the town petitioned the um, the court in a probate proceeding, and then and and I think actually either brought suit against or brought suit with the attorney general's office in order to get some relief from the terms of the trust, specifically to be able to sell the land. Um, Pulte wasn't a party to those pleadings. Right. No, I agree with that I'm just talking about the. I agree with that, and and to the point of. The sale was a two-to-one vote. It was, uh -huh. two, it was a two-to-one vote. But I, I thought that the AG weighed in on the final sale, had, had some say on that. They that's, certainly, my, that's my memory of it. They certainly did. In, in, the, in the judgment and the decree that came from the probate court, that was in large part based on a submission by the right. AG's office. They were, we filed an initial petition. The AG responded and had some additional concerns, which were all incorporated into the ultimate decision. In fact, I think that the, the decision itself that was endorsed by the court was actually drafted by the parties and submitted to the court. So then going back to my first question and to Michael's point, if, in fact, a resident could apply for funds directly, perhaps that might be something that we'd look at creating a parameter for, similar to how APA was done, 
Well, and you, you see where I'm going? Yeah, in, no, in I a, mean, I, I, I just in did a, a dollar amount. In yeah, a dollar I, amount. I just did a back of the napkin, and you know, it's twelve thousand five hundred bucks, roughly, right? For 20, 250 bucks, fifty people, it's twelve thousand five hundred bucks starting in April. Right. Right. We've got hundred thousand, so. You know, it's that, twelve thousand five hundred that she has. Right. Not yeah. Twelve thousand five hundred for every oh, season. They're not mine. They're not. Whatever, you said <laughs> okay. my I mean, they're they are my clients, my clients, but right. yes, Richard, I did say they're my clients, but they are not mine. <laughs> well, this this relates to an observation that I made um, to former colleagues last year about communication of the um, availability of resources to the governor's Stoughton trust. And um, a lot of people don't know about it. In fact, if you pull this town, I would bet 90% of the people would have very little idea that there's a given us and trust. So maybe we have to take a look at the way in which we reposition the communications and the um, eligibility access routes for funding to the fund, as well as communicate out that members of the community can contribute to the fund and so on down the line and things of that nature. So there's a lot of possibility here. We just have to take a good look at it and then come up with something that goes beyond what we have at the present time, if that's agreeable to everybody around the table. I think you'd have to have a certain process in place because yep. um, you know, there's going to be a lot of need from different entities, and then, you know, if you're just going to, you know, you only have X amount of dollars, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to make sure that you're um, accessible to anybody, and so how do you make those decisions, and it puts a lot of onus on us to do that, so I, I think we really have to think about a certain process if we did that versus if you're giving more money to a group that already does that type of work. Well, that's right. This, you can have an agent who handles all of that for you. So I think we have to weigh out, you know, pros and cons. This is one of the advantages of taking a look at what it is that similar funds do in their communities. Maybe what we could do right now is, I don't know, I, she's not here, so I don't want to, I don't want to do this to her. Um, <coughs> Ms. Dorn, maybe designate an amount of money now For this purpose, and and maybe she'd be willing to, t you know, with a set fee per a set amount per person, and maybe I don't know if she could have the administrative ability to handle it. People could apply directly to her fund, and she could forward the amount and the numbers to us. I don't, I don't know. That might the staffing, the staff support for that might be a little more she, than she could do by herself. But I'm just thinking, it's January. It could be zero here tomorrow. Nothing. I think, it, but it, it's going to be zero here eventually in the next few weeks and two feet of snow could be here Monday you know, and those are the things that really historically I mean you remember the 2016 and I I can't even tell you how many houses I went to just in that year just well in the uptick of LIHEAP applications which is the low income heating home heating um, has tripled for Milton since last year for me and that's just for seniors. I can only imagine what other folks that qualify. Uh, I literally only deal with people 50 and up, which I'm getting close to. Um. And there's a needs <laughs> determination for that that's right. in place. Exactly. And, and those instruments can be used 
They could. Determine the access, and, access to the funds. And, she, you know, she definitely has her finger on it, as does the Council on Aging. That's who I deal with from, through my company, but I'm sure there's many other folks in town that have their finger on the pulse of what's happening. And one of the things that we could do is speak with her and see what she would bring to the table for ideas. Bring them both in. Yeah. Bring them both in. Good. Great. Anything further? Do you want to do something with that $100,000 now? I think uh, my sense is we, let's, yeah, let's 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 get some more information right. maybe at the next meeting and find out what she has to say and find well, what Noreen has to say and and then find out what, where the where the needs are and and then do it that way. The other thing that that Aaron I think wanted to hear more and I, I raised very briefly is relief from the yeah. the cap, if you will, yeah. and what the process would be to go back into court to get re relief from the, the, uh, the restriction on the $5.3 million. I think you'd follow the blueprint of our preceding action. Very similar. You'd file another petition in the probate court. You'd name the attorney general's office and, um, and take it from there. Ideally, um, moving with the attorney general's office yes. to the court. Do you think that we set a figure that we want relief about? I mean, I, th I, I think. I think that that would be up to you. I think that there are a couple of different ways you could do it. I think if you wanted to ask the court to give you relief from the will to allow you to establish a certain process for making decisions about how much you might be able to spend from those funds, there are a number. In a calendar, uh, like in a calendar year on a given year? I think that there are a number of different ways that you could approach it. Okay. And if I may, one one may be a particular project, if it's an affordable housing project, Correct. for example, and that we wanted to uh, seek a, a use of a certain number of a certain amount of funds for an affordable housing project. Seems to me that would be something a specific use that we could go to the court on. Mm -hmm. Right. Is might there be any case law on this? You trying to? I don't know. There's definitely some comments regarding the AG's office on affordable housing, definitely, that exist. Um, yeah, I mean, it, typically, the action itself is called a Cypre action, and, right. and typically you bring a Cypre action against a trust when it, it has reached a point where the purposes for which the trust were established or was established are no longer possible to achieve or maintain. And I think that was the determination of Milton when it brought that action to sell part of the land was that since no that the time when people residents living in milton had farmed the land who were poor had long passed and now that was no longer something that could be accomplished it seemed that the purpose of the trust was being so frustrated that it needed it was appropriate to seek some relief from the original language and if you found yourself in a position again where you thought you could make an argument that the, the purpose for which the trust was established was currently frustrated at the point where it was equitable to seek some relief from court then I think you, that's, that's exactly when you would bring an action to, to seek that relief. Right. And for what purposes? Exactly. The more they specific, would want to know that, would they not? Absolutely. The more specific you can be, I mean, remember with the sale of the Pulte, that property to Pulte, it was, the ask was very specific. And I think that's exactly what you would do if you were to go back. Good. Um, regarding the 100000 that we have at the present time and the uncertainty of what's happening with interest rates, do you want to park that for now, or? I, I, I was, I mean, if we're going to do this sooner versus later, I'm, I was willing to, like, if we could work this out, like, 
designate like 50,000 right now. Just give it to, to the... Um, oh, I don't know if I want to just give it, you mean just give it to someone? I don't want to give it to her unless she knows she could handle it. To, well, then we can't vote on it until we talk to her. No, but I, I mean designate it so it's there, so we wouldn't even have to come back and another me. We take the vote tonight to designate $50,000 towards um, residents who... Even if, this is just for heat? This is a heat problem? So, no, you've got two separate things that are happening right now. One, you've got your heating expenses. You've got your, your folks that are applying to, for LIHEAP. Then you have your hunger cliff that's coming on March 2nd, which is where they lose their food benefits. That's just for, I'm only speaking of seniors. I'm sure there are families in town that are also utilizing these programs. I don't know who they are. I can wait. I, can, I think I can wait. I, I, think, I think the fact that it's on she our radar screen. She would know more than yeah. I would. I, I can wait, and, and I'm sure that if you, you want to talk to her and see what she thinks, just about maybe relate to her what we're thinking. Sure. Um, and maybe I'm sure she'll, you know how, I mean, going all the way back to the days of Sherry Dolgen through Diane, I mean, they, this is, they live this every day. I mean, they, it's out at this point. Most people don't even know that exists. They, no matter, they don't know Governor Stone exists. They don't know <laughs> no resident fund exists Correct. either. Correct. And, um, we could always amend an upcoming select board meeting for a continuation of this in action. Yeah. Especially sense. if it's specific. It should be yeah. quick. Right. I think once we have more specifics. Exactly. Thank you, everyone. The potential eligible uses, restrictions on use of proceeds, civilian sales, and possible relief from these restrictions. We've talked about that. That's covered. Um, Governor Stoughton, trustees goals for use and distribution of funds that was encompassed within the conversation as well. A very good conversation indeed. Now we go to item number five, um, discussion town farm site. And um, Kevin, can we turn to you relative to a restrictions on the use of the town farm site? Where are we at the present time? Yes, so as we were just discussing, discussing the restrictions on the use of that property are found in the will of Governor Stoughton. And right now, um, well, since the will was written, it has said to be used for the benefit of the poor of the town of Milton. Now, that, that has been interpreted over the years, um, uh, and it's up to this board acting as trustees to, you know, to consider that again whenever there's any request to use the property you know, and sort of make a determination in good conscience as to what you believe benefiting the poor of the town of Milton means and if a request satisfies that criteria. Any questions of Kevin? Not yet. <laughs> Kevin Dunham. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> Can I ask Kevin a quick question? Yes. How are they defining poor? What's their, they don't? It's not defined. So there's no percentage of below the poverty, nothing? Nothing like that. I would just mention as a side point, that is something, if you were to ask for some relief from the yeah. will, to have some, to insert perhaps some criteria that would define that term, right. that's something that I think would even have less of a, in terms of a burden when asking the court for something than asking to, to diverge from the, the terms of the will, instead to, to define or to specify some of the terms of the will. Right. I think that that's a, an you know, a, a lesser burden and, and less of an ask of the court. Okay, thanks. 
in that regard, recognizing that over time, that's going to need to change too. Oh, I, as a, as in the first instance, acknowledging that it has changed and it's become more difficult. Absolutely, I think that's front and center in that petition to the court. And that could be built in, possibly in the front end, to make a provision for that. Yes, you would ask the court to essentially add to the terms of the will as it currently exists, so that your instructions would be a bit more clear. You know, and in order to to carry out your duties as trustees, you're seeking some guidance from the court relating to this term. And that happens pretty regularly, where you have you have antiquated trust language that um, trustees need to seek guidance from the court on understanding, and courts will provide them some guidance on how to how to pursue and to, and to carry out those terms. Are we in agreement that that would be well worth pursuing? I would like to see that. I mean, I know DTA has definitions for poor and what, I mean, there's other state statutes that actually define the poor, so I'm sure that the courts could also utilize that to take and figure out what we should do. Okay, anything further? B is affordable housing trust and affordable housing development on the town farm. Uh, we uh, had some goals shared with us not too long ago. Is there anything further that has come to the attention? Have you have you heard anything from the AG's office regarding that? The last conversation I had with the Attorney General's office um, was probably a few months ago. It was with Julie Kramer was part of that phone call, and um, the the point that where they left it was if the select board has an ask of them regarding um, the use of that property that this, it should be brought by the select board to the AG's office. They weren't inclined to sort of offer advice or sort of opine on potential uses. They were looking for us to bring a specific request to them and if, if we did, then they would review that and respond to it. Okay. That's it. Okay, for now. Good. So, so, so where, thank you, Mr. Chair. So where does the, um, where does the proposal for affordable housing at the town farm sit? Is it with the, the affordable housing trust? And if it is, what's the status of it, if, if we know? So we just tried to have a meeting this evening. Um, <laughs> and last night. And we've tried to have, have some meetings. We're having a, um, some issues getting a quorum. So at this point, we're still where we were back in you know, September. We're working on a letter to, for the CPA funding. CP. I wish Julie was here because she could whisper CPC, in my ear. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Media preservation. Yeah, that one. No, but in terms of in terms of a, a, I, at one point there was an RFP. There was a talk of an RFP for for uh, affordable housing at the town farm, but there's we haven't worked on that. I haven't been in a meeting since I want to say September. I think it was okay. the last time we had a meeting. Okay. We do have the draft work plan for 2022 to 2024 right. that was made available. Yes. They haven't brought anything forward to us. And some of that um, would be specific, potentially specific to um, the governor's and property. Correct. Much of it wouldn't. So what we're looking for is for them to provide us with something that would be specific to that. Right. Possible land. right, and we've looked at um, some designs, and there's been some 
talk. I, we, I brought back the fact that Roxanne had asked at our retreat to talk about um, for senior affordable housing. Right. Um, so I did that today, just oh, in, just in rough conversation because we couldn't actually have a meeting. Um, but I, you know, I think that once we can get all of our folks to be able to agree to have a meeting, I think we can make some progress to bring back. That sounds great. That's wonderful. I just have a, sure. I just have a quick question. I'm wondering if somebody, for people that are watching, can sort of define the difference between affordable housing, low-income housing, and 40B housing, because these terms get thrown around. 40B and affordable get thrown around a lot. So I was wondering if somebody could help define that. I I can take a stab at it, but that is just to say that there are there are different um, standards that are set forth by some federal and state agencies regarding each one of those standards, and I, I'm not even sure that it's the same from from town to town and from geographic area to geographic area. So county to county, oftentimes. That's right. So there's a there's a process that's involved in that, and and um, just as a side note, that's part of what has made. The, the process of determining which of those, if any, terms align with the, the terms of the will, which are the poor of the town of Milton. And there has been there has been some conversations with the AG's office, many in fact, specifically dealing with that and whether and if those terms match up with the terms of the will as currently stated. So that's a, that's an open question that even the AG's office is struggling with. Because I think it would be good to know for the town of Milton what, that, what each of those terms means. I get asked this a lot. What is between 40B and the affordable for Milton? Um, so I think it would be nice to have some criteria. 40B is very specific about what it is and what it has to do different, with percentage and Different programs, right. I think comprehensive program. I, I think I would defer to Tim Zerwinski and I can ask him to follow up with you, but different projects will shoot for different goals depending on the financing source they're going after. Some will go after low-income federal tax credits, mm -hmm. which is, you know, much more deeply affordable, where yeah. it's closer to 30 to 50 percent of the area median income. The typical comprehensive permit 40B project is at a higher threshold, typically 80 to 100 percent of area median income. So it's different developers are better suited to use different mechanisms for financing their projects. And um, that's, uh, yeah, and I don't want to go beyond my knowledge, but I think just broad strokes, it's kind of, um, it really depends on different developers have different skills after going after certain kinds of projects, and that might dictate um, the directions they go in. Is it? That might be good to know for what we have, I'm sorry. That might be good to know for what we have on that are going forward, and people ask us all the time what their specific ones for those specific projects. Sure. I know that's sort of veering a little bit from mm -hmm. this, but. Well, the 40Bs are very specific, and right now we're at an okay threshold with them, but that was a law that was instituted back in 1968. Yeah, no, I'm not so, referring to the law. I'm referring to, like, what they cut. Right, yeah. so what, what we were supposed to do from 1968 yeah. till now was we were supposed to bring up the affordable housing level within our town to 10%, and we never did that. So that's why we're inundated with the 40Bs that we have now. So right, that's so, separate. Right. That's, that's a whole separate thing than affordable housing. Right. But that's, I guess my question is, you know, when you're looking at guidelines up to the percentage, uh, the medium, the income that people need to live in these particular um, entities, that's my question more. The 300% or the... One, yeah. yeah. So for okay. the ones in Milton, the affordable ones, what are those percentages? We can, if we do affordable housing, what are the percentages? You know, that's what I'm asking. We can get that information on the ones that we have done. And then I think in terms of whatever would move forward as a potential project here, the town would be trying to set 
what its goals are in the RFP and asking developers if they're able to achieve yeah. the town's affordability goals that it's setting out in its RFP. So that's where the town would have some control to set those parameters at the beginning. Right. Okay. Roxanne, going back to the discussion at the retreat, is, is your primary clarification the distinction between low-income housing and affordable housing? Um, it's between all three entities. Yeah. They're like three different buckets, so I want to have an idea of the ones that we've approved, you know, what, what the, uh, <coughs> you know, the median for, yep. is for that, for affordability if we do that, and for low income if we end up okay. doing low income. And there are formulas. Mm -hmm. I, don't think any, I don't think any of the projects before us now have done anything to try and lower the, that, I don't think any of them have. Not the Falcone so. project, not the Tamposi projects, none of them, not, I don't believe so. Not that I've heard of. And I think there's two going on. Isn't there a lottery going on like shortly for Hendrix? Yes. Right? How many units? I don't have that off the top of my head. Single numbers. It's not I was say three. single numbers, yeah. It's single numbers. It's similar to what was across the street. That thirty six was two. Part of the reason why I asked the question that I did was very early on in some of the forty B discussions it was quite clear that people didn't understand, A, that affordable housing and low-income housing were not the same thing. No, they're definitely not. Right. And then secondly, what the, the distinction the is, is right between the right. two. Yeah, and I think that's helpful for people watching this to understand what the differences are. That's Absolutely. Yeah. And for us as well. I believe we, we only have one low-income facility, and that's Miller Ave. Yeah. It's the only low-income in this town. Anything further? Okay, C, results of progress report in sight. Is Tim going to join us? For so um, he is still on the sign review committee's meeting. Um, oh, okay. They were, that was five minutes ago. He said we're, <laughs> we're wrapping up shortly. Um, I did want to note, Mr. Chair, that um, Therese Desmond, Julie Kramer, and Tom Callahan are in the attendee pool. They did raise their hands. I didn't know if you wanted to acknowledge them at any point, but I just wanted why, to mention that to you. Do, do that now. Yeah. In that order, so I'll start with the order that they raised and their hand. Richard, um, you want to let them speak first? Um, we promised that they would, so. Okay. No, I, I'm saying you had two guests? Yeah, so we have two guests. I think they were going to speak first. I thought that. Um, okay. We said that, so your guests would speak and then the others. Sure. Um, so I have uh, James Pizer. And does that sound right? No, be Susan, Susan Phillips and Mindy Dabolo. I left a voicemail message. I saw them up there when you were in the first in the. James Pice was her. Okay, all right. Her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nope, all good. And I did indicate to. Um, Indeed, by way of a voicemail message, that we've all read the proposal. So if she could just give us so a couple of succinct bullets and then we can open up to discussion. It's like you're on Zoom, but you're not on Zoom. Sure. We have to turn that up. We have to turn the television up. Oh, I'm in charge of that. No, they should be able to. We should be all set. Yeah, um, you should both be able to speak. Let us know, and so we can make sure we can hear you. Thank you. 
I'll go. Hi, um, I'm Mindy Arbeloff. Thank you so much for letting us come to this meeting. I've been a resident of the town of Milton for 20 years. Um, 25 years ago, when I was a Dorchester resident, I adopted a dog from the Milton Animal Shelter, which was the first time I had been there. Uh, a year ago, I went to make a food donation and was very shocked at the condition of the shelter. Uh, and that prompted me to get involved and do some digging and learn about the process of this shelter over time. Um, I joined up with Susan Phillips, who is my cohort here. Um, she is the former partner at Mintz Levin. We come to you tonight as just simply caring and concerned residents of the town and major dog lovers. Uh, we have no real skin in this game other than just really caring about what happens with the Milton Animal Shelter. Um, we are not speaking on behalf of the Milton Animal League. We've spent a lot of time with them. Um, but this proposal is something that we put together ourselves and in no way represents the views of the board of the Milton Animal Shelter. Um, I spent eight years in state government. I was former deputy chief of staff to Governor Baker and we solved lots of problems like these. Um, and so the bulk of what's in this proposal is, comes from that kind of experience. Uh, we presented this proposal to the Shelter Advisory Committee uh, a year ago, um, and it, it was meant to be passed along to the select board at that time. I don't believe it was, um, although we're sort of unclear on that. Susan has also since um, joined the advisory committee. Um, Susan, do you want to say anything before I quickly go through the proposal? <laughs> No, I, I think just that, that this was all a year ago that we spent time on this and, and also talked to a couple of select board members who are no longer on the select board, but we're trying to sort of get get some traction in Thank having you. people really look at this. And, uh, and so here we still are. So a little history, Mr. Chair, before they Please. continue. So um, in 1977, the town first opened the animal shelter at the site of the poor farm, around 1977. It was initially um, in the barn, which has collapsed and no longer exists. It was in a lower level. And around 1980, the town filed a complaint with the AG's office to erect the existing building that sits there today as the animal shelter. Um, as I've said to Kevin in the past, there has to be something there at the, either at the court that shows the permission that was given. For full disclosure around, um, it was earlier, I think it was going back to Mr. Cronin's days, it was clear that um, both animal laws, the creation of the Milton Animal League, uh, the demands on animal control that in the building itself would have to be replaced. And around, for full disclosure, as I've said many times in the past, I sit on a foundation here in town where I've sat for nearly 20 years, which in 2010, which is almost 10 years before I joined this board, made the first commitment to build a new animal shelter to commit a million, committed a million dollars 
towards the construction of a new animal shelter at the current site, which is, which is in, and I actually pulled the 2011 Milton Times article the other day that I read where town council talks about uh, gaining approval from the AG's office and the probate court to, to have that. Um, as you know, I've had a pretty busy life. I don't follow this all the time. Around 2015, um, the town and the Milton Animal League entered into an MOU for the construction of that. And uh, Amory Fagan was, town, was the town administrator then. Bill Clark was the town planner. Um, again, that was before I was on this board, a little long before I ever even thought of it. Uh, again, it was to be constructed there. And then at some point around there, the land was sold, the land, the sale took place. Um, there were two bids, one bid, which is the Pulte bid that it was accepted, and the second bid, which maintained all the open space and put four affordable sites, a brand new animal shelter, and a, would have put a brand new food pantry there was the bid that was not selected, long story short. So hence we are now, um, 2023, the commitment of the board that I sit on is that asked us up to two and a half million dollars now. As we know, the low bid came in a few months ago at five million with a high bid of seven million dollars. Um, and here we are, not a, even close to having a shovel on the ground. And I get the frustration of our longtime serving animal, animal control officer and how hard she works. And I also understand, and I've said this to all of you, if none of you have been there, I truly suggest you go and visit that facility because it's not fit for any person to work in it. So, a short time ago, Mindy called me. I knew Mindy from a project. I, I had no idea she was involved in this. She had no idea of my involvement as, as a donor. And she advised me of the proposal that she was going to give tonight to um, put, build, which was initially intended, to build the site there. And then the caveat of that even more, which I have mentioned to you, would be to take the existing site where we want to build the animal shelter, which is nearly five acres, swap them, donate the land, donate a piece of that land at, at Governor Stoughton to building the sh a new shelter on the existing site, an acre of it, develop the other remaining three buildings there as affordable units, and then take this site, which we uh, know is only going to have one affordable project built on that with has access and a road and shape and build a low-income or affordable site there, let the town lead on that. So they will propose to, because from what I can see, and if there's anyone who can disagree me, as long as we stay in this, I do not see this as a town project getting done. Year at $5 million, and I, I don't see it. If someone can prove me wrong, um, <coughs> they haven't done it yet, so with that, I. I, um, that's the history of this and how we got to where we're at tonight. Did you get that presentation? That's it was to sent to Nick today. That's what it's today. It's just a Word doc. It's just a Word document. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I went looking for it. I believe that what Nick has is coming up on the screen. Are you going to put up on the so screen? Well, wait. Sorry, that's it, Mr. Chair, if you want to yield back to me. Observation being that when one goes through all of the documents, in the long number of years that this has been an issue, it's it's time to come to closure um, in some good form. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's 20-something years, and 
and you're at $5 million, what was supposed to be a 1.4, as I, front page, if you want to find us on the front page of the Milton sign, I think it was 2014, a $1.4 million building in 2014, and we're in 2023 and we're at 5 million. I don't know what direction that closure would be, but um, I think you should listen to this. should not go on forever. And uh, I left a message with Mindy to the effect that we all have the uh, proposal, we've all read it. Uh, if you had some uh, high points, bullet points that you wanted to make, and then we could have a discussion um, around that, please. Um, <clears throat> I suppose I would ask if anyone has any questions about it. Um, this is actually, this formula is something that I've experienced many times, um, that simply by using all of the 501c3s, the MAL 501c3, Stone 501c3, and the um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm Copeland 501c3. Um, it takes, this proposal would essentially uh, make it so that the town didn't have to go through procurement. The building would be built and managed by the MAL 501c3, which meant that it didn't have to go out to bid the way it has tried to do many, many times. Um, there could be an agreement with the town um, where a third or a half or whatever it is that uh, the animal control officer needs is leased back to the town uh, for the purposes of that work. And then um, in order to run it, um, you would actually bring in somebody to run the Milton Animal League as a full-time position who would raise money, create a budget, put forward projections, do um, pro-town-wide fundraisers. As everyone knows, this is a town that loves its animals. It's, I have a dog, I walk, there is every single human being I pass has a dog. There are, there's a lot of support in this town. Um, I've also spent many years fundraising and this is kind of a no-brainer in terms of the ability to do a series of fundraising programs over the course of each year to maintain this organization. It only needs a third to an acre of land. The land that's there is flat. It already has electricity, plumbing, and sewage. The other uh, property does not have any of those utilities, which means it's literally starting from scratch. I do also wonder about the access road from um, Canton to up Governor Stoughton Lane. It's a narrow road. Um, not sure how that would be managed with affordable housing up there, but it's very suitable for the animal shelter. Um, and so the rest of the details are all in this proposal. And if you've all read it, that's great. Uh, Susan added some legal stuff to it in terms of next steps. Um, we are the ones who brought the notion of the modular construction to the advisory group uh, committee. Um, if we were to do this as a 501c3, Carol Gladstone, who's head of DCAM, and I are dear friends, and I discussed this with her. Um, she said that if the whole thing is managed by a 501c3, then the procurement of a modular company um, can be um, forgetting the word. What's the word, Susan? Uh, it's not restricted, in other words. Um, 
Yeah, you don't need DCAM certification. You don't need That's to. what I was looking for, yes, right. Um, so this could all happen very quickly um, without spending the $750,000 the town has allocated for the site. I, I, as Richard said, I encourage both of you to visit both the site that's proposed and the current animal shelter, which he's right. Uh, you open the door and the smell in there is so unbearable. I don't know how those wonderful volunteers and Nancy do their jobs. I don't think it's even fit for animals in some cases. They do their very best, but time is running out on this thing. This is, uh, I don't see it lasting more than another winter, if that. And I think that um, if everyone could just sort of take a step back and look at this from a slightly different angle, there's a very simple process forward that could be a win for everyone. Thank you, and uh, at this point, I'd like to open for discussion. Questions? I, I no, I'm, I mean, I've read it all through and through, so it's more for the rest of you than, I, I, I get it, I understand it. I can see the, uh, the rationale to it in so many ways, strategically, tactically, <laughs> operationally, just, um, <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's the most logical thing I've heard in the last 10 years with regard to the animal shelter. I wanted to ask um, if you have had a sit down on this proposal with the animal shelter committee. Susan was... sits on it. Susan's on the committee. So, oh, if, if I could just speak uh, to that. Right, I know. Yes, go ahead, Susan. Sorry, I, I'm trying to figure out if my hand. Um, so, so yes, I am. I am on the advisory committee. I'm not here speaking for the advisory committee. And on that committee, my goal has been to push forward what we've got and just keep it moving because nobody wants to just, you know, delay anything. Um, but what I was told by various people on the advisory committee is that, you know, this this proposal was a no go for me because they say the select board and the trustees, of course, because it's the trustees' land, but because the advisory committee was given a mandate to go find a site and not the current site, something else, that until the advisory committee was directed otherwise, they are having to pursue you know, what they've got in the hopper right now, which I think, is, as Richard said, you know, how, how that's going to come in at an affordable price and, and be done in the time that we're hoping it will be is, is not a sure thing. So, so I think the advisory committee, as I was told by members of the advisory committee, has its hands tied and isn't going to consider anything until they're directed to do that by the select board. Well, I, I guess my question, maybe I can rephrase it, was have you presented this to the advisory? She told you yes, a year ago. A year ago. And gotten their feedback. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's okay. Thank you. And what was their feedback? And go ahead. You just said it. It's what Susan just explained. Their feedback was that until the select board tells them directly that they can consider staying on this current property, they the proposal was a no go. They want to continue marching down the same road that they're 
marching. They don't. It's not that they want to, Richard. It's that they're saying that that was their direction from the select board. So, uh, Mr. Milano, maybe we could go to those people who wish to speak. Um, sure. Vice Desmond. Um, currently, Alyssa Cook from MAL has raised her hand, so okay. I'll bring her. She's the president, Mr. Chair. Good. Thank you. And Therese Desmond has as well, so I'll bring her. Do we have hands raised in the back. Think, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. All right, excellent, thank you. So I, I am the Alyssa Cook. I am the, the president of the, the Milton Animal League. And I, you know, I did want to, you know, thank you, uh, Mindy and, and Susan, for you know for bringing this this forward. I think you know, there are two there are two topics that were covered in this proposal. One is the site location, and in um, March of 2022, I sent a letter to the board of selectmen um, asking, you know, as the committee continues to move forward in the you know kind of in the remit that we've been given the direction that we've been given for the location the site design and, and the process that we've been going through asking the the board to keep open the door that the current site could potentially be used you know if something fell through or something changed so that is that is still our position that if there is an opportunity to to use the current site we would love to keep that door open. With that said, we do not want to delay the progress that we have been making. Um, you know, it's it would be very disheartening to have to start this process again, and I you know I don't know how we do that. Um, so you know, we want to also ensure that you know, we're continuing. It takes a long time to, to turn the tanker here. So um, you know, we we finally I think gotten some progress here on you know the direction that we're going with the current site but if there is an opportunity to um, to look at and to keep the door open to the current site we would absolutely be be open to that and I speak from the league perspective um, I sit on the committee as well um, as Susan does and you know I don't speak from the, the committee perspective on that but you know I think that from a league perspective we definitely would be be open to that. Um, the the other piece of it is, you know, the execution of the project. So, like I said, there's kind of two facets to this: the execution of the project as a private, um, you know, 501c3 nonprofit, and not having town involvement in the the construction. Um, there is great concern from the league perspective to be able to execute this project and have it be successful if we were to divorce the town from the, the project. Um, we are a very small number of volunteers. We run from a 501c3 purely in an operational capacity, ensuring that the animals are cared for, fed, um, and we rely heavily on, because of that, the, the town's involvement in a lot of the day-to-day the -day operational aspects of the building. And can not only the, you know, if we were to be up and running, running the building, but the 
project of getting it constructed without having the incredible guidance that we've had from some of the, the town members who have been involved in the, you know, the project thus far and the committees is a very daunting, um, you know, a very daunting task and not something that we are, you know, really that encouraged by. So we, we would like to keep this as a partnership from the league perspective. Um, you know, I think it's a very, a very good collaboration in terms of the goals and the purpose and what we're looking for. Um, and I do agree that if we could have a different site, that you know, we definitely would be you know reducing costs because of exactly what Mindy said and the the location, the utilities, the ledge, everything about it. So, I think I probably reached my time. I thank you all for kind of listening to me, and I return back uh, the the speaking stage here. Thank you. Ms. Desmond has lowered her hand at this point. I didn't, did you have looked to so, Mr. Chair? Nancy? Come to the table, please. Good evening, everyone. Nancy Bersani, Milton Animal Control. Um, the concerns that Alyssa brought up are real. <laughs> especially on the running of the facility. Right now, it's a municipal animal shelter run by animal control police chief. Um, Richard was that person uh, years ago. And that's how it is registered in the state. If, in fact, the league, the volunteer park, took that over, there is a whole other realm of regulations. The shelters like Quincy Animal Shelter, who are basically the Quincy Animal League with assistance from animal control, we're the opposite. So Quincy um, is under different regulations than I am, much stricter. Um, they have now a temporary facility the city is building a large facility for them in the future. Right now they're in a temporary one. They were inspected by the Department of Agriculture and had to redo all of their plans. Even though they've already put a million dollars into the temporary facility, you have to have certain things that I don't. If I build a, I, if a modular shelter is built, we have an isolation room for the animals coming in. I'm fine with that. If the league builds it, it has an isolation facility, it has to have natural light. It has to be um, one cat could be in it. We have to have a separate one for dogs. Uh, it's the money that would have to be put in to a facility like that is astronomical. And to me, not feasible. We literally, like Alyssa said, I have... Thank God, Victoria is one of the biggest volunteers. I have one volunteer in the afternoon. I have three in the mornings that stay for approximately an hour each. So that's the reality. So you're asking five people to run a brand new building, even if somewhere, somehow, somebody gets money enough to have a manager you're still putting all of that. And um, as you can see, with Victoria, myself, and the people, we're all 60 and older. <laughs> so, um, and we, you know, we do it, we get it done. But I, I think that the reality of the shelter is 
different from people's perception of this huge group of supporters. People love their animals. We all have animals. Richard has a fabulous shepherd um, who actually likes me, so it's really nice. But um, people love animals. We have fantastic supporters who give donations. We don't have people. I've asked, I don't know how many times for people to do fundraising, help us. I don't have time for this. They don't, we don't have that. So I just want to make sure everyone realizes the importance of the town staying in it and keeping it a municipal facility. Otherwise, I don't think it will get done because of the restrictions of the state and the Department of Agriculture. You're switching to an entirely different facility thing, the way it's run, the way it has to be run, the way it has to be built. Um, We've always wanted to stay where we are. We've said that from the beginning. No one wants to leave, but the AG's office has been approached. I know it's a new AG. Maybe it's changed. But at least three times over the years, and an animal shelter does not benefit the poor. That was the bottom line. So unless the wording of the will or something gets changed, even with the land swap, my question is... I think that's a story, though. I can't find anything that says that. Three people from the um, committees over the years and the select board, back, well, this started in 2004. I know. 2004, Jimmy Mullen said, yes, you can go ahead and... So two points, Mr. Chair, So before you leave. Yeah, so I don't know, but I, I mean, I remember being in meetings where people have come back and said, yes, the AG said the will states it has to benefit the poor. We even wrote up a thing saying we have school children come to help us. We have the public. We do this, and we were rejected. That doesn't benefit the poor. So we would have to jump that hurdle. And yes, you want to go for it and go ask and see if that's doable, fantastic. But like Alyssa said, we, we're going out to bid in a month. We don't want to stop this process. And that's what the committee is saying. As Susan said, they said they can't switch. At this point, after 20 years, we don't want to stop and start again. We'd have to get neighbor approval again, which we fought for in the where we're um, up off the dump road. That was very difficult to get. Not sure the Pulte complex people are going to say, because I've had some of them come down and say, I thought you were moving. We were told when we bought, you were moving. <laughs> like, we're trying. So it just, we'd like someone to keep trying, yes, but nobody wants to stop until we get an absolute no on the bids or something. That's basically where we're at. Sorry, go ahead. Two points. Two points. Bad news, two things. A, you have the former deputy chief to the governor is an advocate for you now. That's probably one of the best things that's happened that I can think of. And number two, the bigger issue, which I've said this several times, is you're $5 million and you don't have $5 million. And the reason that um, Mindy's proposal was so entertaining is um, it, it shows the town a way to do this without having to spend $5 million, because I don't see any way you're going to get $5 million. I just don't see it. Where are you getting $5 million? It was your low bid. Of the facility that was if, almost 6,000 square feet. If it's in anything less than $4 million, I'll eat my shoe, but... Awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was told the last one was going to be You heard that here. <laughs> Seven was the high bid, so... Right. Um, we're hoping with the modular, because you're not paying the costs that you are because it's built off-site. Mm -hmm. And the fact we cut it down over a thousand <laughs> square feet, 
that were helpful. And maybe you're absolutely right. If it comes in at six, seven million, obviously there needs to be something else done. But um, I just don't want to give up on what we're doing now because everything Mindy's saying is fine. But until it's concrete, uh, I have a hard time thinking this marvelous fundraiser will happen until it does. This marvelous person's going to come in and get a salary. We, we don't have any salaried employees. Um, so I'd love it, but it's not concrete. And that's scary to me, that this could all fall apart and the town would have no shelter. And as for renting like space for me, again, not only the places that do not have a shelter, they rent from facilities. So it wouldn't just be an office for me. The town would be expected to rent sev all the animal kennels and all the animal spaces, which is basically the whole shelter. Because my job is to pick up the strays and whatever in the town and have a place to house them. So if it's not an animal control facility, um, Randolph pays Randolph Animal Hospital to rent out a certain amount of kennels <clears throat> daily. So they have somewhere to bring them. Um, other shelters, I mean, other animal controls use Animal Rescue League or, or whatever. So it would be a large expense for the town, which, you know, that's why we're hoping the town, my budget now covers utilities, maintenance, things like that. So if it were a shelter, uh, league facility, would my budget have to be totally rewritten because we wouldn't cover that? And then who would cover that? I just so many questions on a proposal like this for me. I think that's a discussion for this night. But I think right. there's two questions. Well, I want to find yep. out first uh, from Mr. Milano if Therese has raised her hand again. She has, yes. She has. All right. I'm going to go. Thank you. Thank you. Yancy? It's fine. Yancy. It's Ms. Bradley wants fine. to ask you a question. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I just Adam wanted. Well, I, I was excusing Nancy. I just wanted. Oh, I thought I you were sending me away for a second. <laughs> I'm and passionate about this. I understand. <laughs> I'm passionate too about a lot of things. So I'm happy to see other people are passionate about these things. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, I just had some real general questions mm -hmm. because there's a lot of talk around the land mm -hmm. and what's happening, and so I just want it to be crystal clear. So pretend I'm in first grade. Okay. The current land that the animal shelter sits on mm -hmm. is owned by the who? The town as Governor Stoughton Trust. Okay. And the proposal which we are looking to put it on with the um, module modular building. Buildings. Mm -hmm. That is still owned by the Governor Stoughton's Trust? No. Okay, can you talk to me about that? The building itself? Nope. Can you just tell me about where the land is? So it's not under the Governor Stoughton's Trust, which is specifically for the poor. Right. So okay. where, you mean where the new building would yep. go would be up off Randolph Ave? And it's not on the trust land? Not at all. Correct. And so we would be having more land that we could utilize for the poor by moving this to another site? Yes. Theoretically, okay. yes. Now, this proposal that is before me right now, is that, are they using the land that is not for the poor? I have not seen that proposal. The land that is in the proposal is to build the new shelter on the exact site where the current shelter sits. Which is supposed right. to be used for the poor. Which is where it currently sits. I understand that, but I just am making this crystal clear for me like I'm in first grade. 
The land that it currently sits on yes. is supposed to be for the poor. Mm -hmm. We are moving it off of that land so then we can utilize that land for the poor if we wanted to. And they're proposing that it is going to go back where the land is on the poor. Right. The poor. Thank you so much. That's all I wanted to know. Okay. Good. I'm good. You, I don't know. He can dismiss no, you. I don't, don't know. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> go away. Um, let's see if Therese wants She's here. No. Oh. It's true. Hi, Therese. Hi, Therese. Hi there. Um, nice to see you all. I'm sorry I couldn't make the meeting in person, but I just wanted to like say that I, you know, I agree with a lot of the points that Nancy and Alyssa have made. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of work and we, um, the advisory committee, we have a design that is not site specific, so it, it can be put out to bid, you know, um, as we're ready to go out to bid within three weeks, four weeks. Um, and I would hope that the uh, trustees and the Governor Stoughton uh, Fund would consider letting the animal shelter stay where it is but not separating the functions of the animal control officers uh, headquarters and uh, and how it currently works with the Milton Animal League. Uh, because if you separate it, 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 it's going to be something that will fall through the cracks. We have had a lot of support from the town, from the planning board, from um, the town council in contracts and negotiations and, and uh, in bidding. Uh, you know, when our, our bid came in over $5 million, the advisory committee spoke about different options and, and decided let's try modular because it's at least we can, you know, construct the building off site and we don't have to go with the uh, prevailing wage rates and it might save some money. We're hoping because we've been working on this for eight years and we've all stayed committed to this project to be able to see it come through and if we could build it on, on the, the site where it presently is and keep the same relationship with the town that we pre presently have, it would be a perfect situation. But we have had roadblocks along the way. Last year, we asked <coughs> the, um, the selectmen because, um, you know, Mindy had made her request about the um, use of, of the site again. And uh, we were told that the selectmen favored to use that for affordable uh, housing and that the, the function of the animal shelter was was not going to be uh, working in conjunction with that. Um, so I, I know we've gotten a lot of support lately from town residents, and, and I think town residents are tired of, of, of seeing um, this issue of the animal shelter being in such disrepair. And, and I hope that, you know, powers that be can put their heads together and, and figure this out so that we can have a site that's um, affordable and we can build the shelter. So thank you for all your help. Okay. Uh, <laughs> any I'm questions? Good. You have two hands up. Yeah. Nancy, anything you wanted to add to what Tree said? Or, um, um, no, I, I think we're pretty much all in agreement. We'd love to have it stay as a municipal animal control facility. And if we can jump those hurdles with the AG's office, Excuse me, because I had sent that email with the history that I had researched and found, and the shelter was never, um, no one ever approached the state to put the current shelter there, and it was actually built to be able to be moved. It was built as a temporary building that would be able to be picked up and moved off the site if necessary. I don't know how, but that's what the 
um, the history we have the books at the shelter that say that was the intent was it was a temporary building in 1980 um, and then they added on to it two different the side and the back were um, at it was added on over the years so I think that's why when we were told in 2004 that yes we could go ahead and renovate um, Someone had the wherewithal to say, you know, it's part of the trust, we have to go to the AG, and the AG's office said they had no idea that building was there, and so then that opened up a whole can of worms, and that's when everything started, and we started looking at other sites that just ended up not working, um, and this was the eventual site that seemed to be one that we could work with, especially once the 700,000 was approved. That was absolutely amazing because that was a big part of the bids that came in was because the land is so bad to build on. Um, but the 700,000 was right in there for the amount that was in the bids once it was broken down to be able to level that piece of land to be able to put the, a building on. Just to add a couple of pieces of information, um, the 1972 town report reads in part, the kennel facility is nearing completion. That's, that's, that's the original, that's in the barn. Yeah. That's right. That's in the barn. That's, that's 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah that the was the um, lower portion of the barn. The first floor of the barn. Yeah. But that's the first. Yes. Because the um, citation, other than yeah, the leash law came into effect in 1972, and that's what actually 1968. All right. Um, was well, the, Milton had a leash law I, on I, the books in seventy. I was on the committee, yeah. and uh, <laughs> um, the very last words of the report that we produced was a pound will be unnecessary. Now, mm -hmm. the reason why that wording was there in 1968 was because we didn't have enough information. We needed the leash law to yeah, be in place yep. for a couple of years in order to have the information mm -hmm. needed to determine whether or not a uh, then dog pound would be needed. Yeah. That's part of the reason for the elapsed time. Yeah. Um, two other observations, one goes back many, many years where uh, scouring that site, there, there was on the town farm an animal pound. It wasn't for dogs. Um, and I know the condition of the facility that you're in right now. Nancy helped our younger daughter obtain a very marvelous cat that used to love to play the piano keyboards at two in the morning. <laughs> if anybody you're welcome. To put that. <laughs> Um, but it housed uh, cows, yes. pigs, yes. Um, yes. goats, sheep that were yep. astray in the town. Yep. They were all brought up and they were put in that um, sort of semicircular mm -hmm. uh, stone uh, enclosure. And when um, the uh, discussions later on about the need to move beyond the basement were brought back uh, to a couple of members of the Dog Leash Law Committee by Mr. Cronin, mm. um, it was in the context of needing to find an alternative site yeah. location in the town. So what we're talking about here tonight has a very long history. We mm. could go back 50 years and yeah. the same type of a discussion would be yeah. taking place. That's one of the reasons why earlier in the meeting I was hoping 
that we could use this as a springboard for making a decision and getting something underway, whichever direction the select board believes it should go in. Um, we have two hands up um, here, and then um, if we could go to Tim as well. Mike, would that be okay with you? Sure, you? sure. Um, I don't know who was first, uh, Susan. Okay. I'll go. Um, so I, yeah, the I love that this discussion about keeping it where it is is happening. That's probably the most important thing, I think, in terms of getting this done. Um, I also think that you can hedge both bets against the middle if you've got an RP going out next week and it's going to be March until the bids come in. A lot of work can be done between now and then um, without spending a dime to assess both sides of this equation. The second thing is that um, without question, Nancy and her team do God's work and they do it under unbearable conditions. Um, one of the things that she talked about though is um, they're all older there are few of them, um, and they work nights, weekends, seven days a week. That's, I would question where the succession is here. What is the sustainability for the MAL, for the process moving forward? I think that if you, if the, and that's the other part of this proposal is to say, essentially divide it down the middle. Yes, hire an administrator, a full-time uh, capable administrator who manages the project, does the fundraising, keeps the budget, makes the projections, works with the town, and then the animal control officer and her volunteers still do all of that work. However, an actual healthy um, 501c3 starts getting built um, that will in fact draw in high level donors and people in the town because that will be their per that person's focus um, where Nancy is now in the position where she has to do it all and I would argue that's not sustainable for anyone um, and I think the town really needs to think about the succession and the sustainability of this, regardless of whether or not there's a new shelter. So I am very thrilled about the conversation, keeping the, that's where we started, was keep it there. Thank you, the final thing I'll say is there's an idea that I've, that I've read actually in a couple of different states. Um, the notion of low cost housing for seniors behind the animal shelter could actually be a really great symbiotic relationship with older people who are looking to get engaged and relationships with animals. And there actually could be some peace there. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. Susan, did you want to close? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I just, and I, I'm, I'm not sure that, well, I wanted to address the issue of the fact that this land has to be used to benefit the poor because that's another thing that I think Mindy and I heard right off the bat was, no, we can't even consider this because of the will. And I, I think first, you know, we were told that someone had spoken to someone in the AG's office and been told, oh no, you can't do it. 
Um, and when I asked, and this is, this is a year ago, and I was just sitting in on meetings trying to figure out what was going on, and I, I asked, you know, who, who had that conversation and with whom, and where's the record of that conversation? And nobody has been able to answer that. So whether or not there was a conversation, there's no record of it. And I think that it's moved at this point because of the Pulte deal, right? I mean, here, if we have the shelter in the same location on the trustee's land, we're not changing the use at all. And we're not disposing of the land because this would be leased from the trustees. It's not a land disposition, the Pulte project was. And the money that would be paid to the trustees as rent for this building would go to benefit the poor. I think it's a much nicer scenario than building mansions for rich people and giving them the land. And that was approved by the AG and the probate court. So I don't, you know, I, I just think that, that that's, that's a little bit of a misnomer now that this would be some sort of a problem given that, that the Pulte deal was approved and, and how this is a much better scenario than well, Pulte gave five million. Though we pay a dollar a year for rent, isn't that what no, we fair pay? Fair market, fair market value. That's what the proposal says. It would have to be a real correct. But where yeah. would that money come from? Well, let's um, sorry. turn it over to the select board at this time. Um, then we have. Um, Thank you. Can I ask Susan a question before she goes away? Certainly may. <laughs> and uh, I want to give Tim and Kevin an opportunity to add any comments. And then we'll round table. Thank you so much. Susan, thank you to, to you. And it says James on the screen, but I know you're not James. Mindy. Mindy, thank you so much. Thank you guys for bringing this forward. I had a couple quick questions. Susan, you just mentioned that the money that they would be collecting from the town would go to the poor. I w I'm, I'm curious in all of this proposal where the actual business proposal is of this for the 501c3. There's no calculation of actually how the money will come in to pay for the lights, to pay for the water, to pay for the ED. Um, and I understand that, that we're hopeful that there's lots of big pockets around. Um, yes, people love their animals more than they love their kids sometimes. Um, as I used to work for the MSPCC, not the MSPCA, um, I can tell you that that's a fact. But I, I'm just curious that this is this is an interesting proposal. I'm just not sold on how this would happen without the town actually being involved in it. So do you have any insight on that? So I'm, I'm gonna jump in, Susan, sorry. The town would be involved. The town would be leasing yes. a, a large much? chunk of the building. And again, much? this isn't a business proposal it because loose. it didn't really get anywhere. And so there wasn't any reason to flush the whole thing out. Uh, they're, they're, it's, it's also very difficult to find a budget at the MAL, so it was, it's, it's very hard to sort of put numbers down. Right. But the notion, the, oh, the, you know, the umbrella of the project is that the town leases a, a, a maybe, let's say, 50% of this building for the, the municipal officer, and that offsets the rent that the MAL will be paying to fair market value lease on the land. Currently, the town picks up the utilities for the MAL, 
somebody stop me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's you're correct. Right. And the right. Copeland right. Foundation, and the Copeland Foundation pays a lot of the over and above. It's, it's not just the 2.5 that's sitting there waiting to build this building. The Copeland Foundation is actively involved every year paying for um, some of the major expenses that the organization has. Um, I've also seen a lot of the funding. There are a ton of donors. But in order to nurture donors, you have to do follow up with them. There has to be somebody who is constantly building and feeding um, this group to keep them engaged and to do events. And God bless Nancy, though they just don't have time to do that. They've got their hands full. A, a salary for administrator could be raised like that. I've been raising money all my life. It's not, it's not a heavy lift. Just a thank so, you. If you want me to write a business proposal, I will. Um, but it just seemed that this got shot down so fast that it wasn't worth um, upsetting the apple cart to bring those numbers to bear. Thank you. Thank you. One point, Mr. Chair, before you go any further. This only this request is only for an acre of the four. It leaves three three over three acres still that could be used towards, as Susan said, some type of affordable project. To go along with it. Thank you. Uh, Tim, Kevin, any points on which you would like to weigh in for us at this time? Hi, everybody. Uh, Tim Zerwinski, Director of Planning and Community Development. Um, just to say, we actually have a meeting, Therese, tomorrow, right? Um, of the shelter committee, um, just to just to give a very brief update of where we are um, in this process, uh, we've got an amended contract with our designer to reflect um, the work that the architect's going to need to do to facilitate the modular project, which we've been working on, and um, we'll have to get an update from our project manager tomorrow. Um, I don't think we're we're very far off track, um, you know, from the schedule. We're 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 aiming for a, a mid-February um, solicitation for uh, modular contractors. Um, that's, that's the schedule, uh, the 15th uh, of, of February, to, to advertise in the Central Register on that. Um, so um, we'll need to get an update tomorrow just to see if we're on track for that. Um, I, I, I think we, we should be close to it. So um, you know, that's a process that you know, will last a few weeks. And then hopefully we can get, um, you know, uh, get someone to work on that in the springtime. Um, so that's where we are on the um, on the solicitation for modular um, contractor. Any questions of Tim? Kevin, anything that you wanted to? I don't have any general comments. I'm happy to answer any specific questions anyone might have. To the table. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. You go first. Or Azula said, uh, "Had a stand up earlier." Thank you, Mr. Chair. So, so a few points. Um, first, for what it's worth, this is not a new proposal. This came to us last March. It was reported to the full board. So the Governor Stoughton trustees knew about this last spring. The select board knew about this last spring. Uh, there were discussions of the animal shelter after the bid came in high. There were discussions at numerous meetings. Um, so this isn't new. What the board um, decided to do uh, was to advocate for $700,000 of town meeting of funding from free cash in order to deal with the site issue. 
that was advocated for in that past town meeting in order to facilitate this path to go down the road that we've been going down for a while. So this is not new. And one of the, one of the issues that weighed heavily on the board, as I remember it, was <laughs> if, if we're having difficulty um, getting approval for affordable housing on land to be used for the benefit of the, of the poor, how would it be that we could get um, uh, approval to build an animal shelter? on land that was to be used for the benefit of the poor. And it would seem to me, I know that uh, we've had discussions for a long time to, to, to suggest to the Attorney General's office that we should be able to use this land for the benefit of the poor. And it's less than four acres that is buildable. It's about three and a half. So this would take it down under three if we tried to squeeze in some affordable housing with an animal shelter. Um, but I don't know how it would look if, if we went into the Attorney General's all of a sudden, well, yeah, we, we were talking about affordable housing, but now we want to put an animal shelter there. So I'm not sure how that would go. Number three, um, according to this proposal, the Milton Animal League would build, own, and operate this animal shelter. The Milton Animal League has told us they don't have the money, and they can't do it. Um, so this would... This would entail a major change of direction for the Governor Stoughton trustees and the Milton Select Board and the town. And that's okay. Changes of directions are fine. But I go back to the words of the, the Milton Animal League and our advisory committee that has been um, enveloped in this for years. And they tell us just three days ago that the Milton Animal League has spent close to $500,000 of its own money over the last 18 years to get where we are today, which is to get an RFP out for module, modular to use that money that was appropriated to, by the town to get an animal shelter built using the, the, the land that was selected in the process by the select board and the Milton Animal League and the Animal uh, Shelter Advisory Committee. 18 years to get where we are today quote, we are closer than ever and do not have the time, the money, or the fortitude to start this process over again. So if the Milton Animal League and the advisory committee that we have commissioned to guide us on this is telling us that that's uh, the direction and that we're closer than we've ever been and we should stay on this path, then I don't see that it benefits us, the town, or the animal shelter to get off that path. So... Um, that, those are my those are my thoughts. Any other members? Roxanne. Ahead, Roxanne. Sure. So I have a couple of questions and a couple of comments. I do think the idea is um, very interesting proposal, um, but I have a couple of comments first. As far as the site for the animal shelter, so if the animal shelter that exists today, say, had part of it that fell down or something. We could rebuild that, we could fix that, correct? We've done that twice already. Right, but this is my point, because we're talking about can we rebuild on that site? You already have an existing use for that building. If you, if part of it, say God forbid you had a fire or you had something that happened to it, you could rebuild, I assume, exactly on that, that blueprint, footprint, and then maybe if you wanted to go out more, you'd have to go to the EG. Question for Kevin on that one. Second thing is, I think that I appreciate all the work that's gone into this over 18 years, and I think that's very valid, and I do appreciate all that. 
I do think that it's wise to look at all options. There's nothing to, to say that you know Tim can't go out and, and, and get these bids in and whatever, and they can still be doing what they're looking at. In the meantime, there's, as they've told us, there's no cost to what they're doing. There's no cost to what they're doing. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think that we have to be open-minded to all proposals. And um, you know, let's see what they come back with. You know, you've got a lot of ledge over there, I assume, on that site, right, uh, Tim? So we don't know what that'll cost either. I think we just have to be open-minded. I think that I'd like to see a cost-benefit analysis of these different proposals. Um, and I also think that, you know, you know, again, can we build on, on this site? I think that's very important. And again, if, if something happened to the existing, you know, building that's there now, I assume that we could fix it or we could build it. So I'm a little confused when we hear this. We can't, we definitely can't put anything there. Um, so I'd like to find out more about that too. And I think we should be open-minded. Thank you. You're welcome. Mr. Wells. Okay. My rebuttal to my brother over here now. So first off, I never saw, and if, if you think that that proposal about keeping it there came to us in March of 2022, I never saw that, never heard it. And I've followed this as intently as anybody. I mean, there are emails. I know they wrote We this, don't always I, see our emails, but there are emails. This is one clearly that, that, I, that I follow yeah. very, so historically, look, for 50 years it's been there. And, and my information, I'm, no disrespect to Nancy, and I follow this as intently as anyone for multiple reasons, wearing multiple hats, is that a complaint was filed by Bob O'Leary, town council, who was the town council back then. He was town council. So that's the name. And John Cronin was the one in the select board at the time put it together, which is how it was originally built there. So it has to be somewhere. Two is the 700000 which came from our committee, the capital committee that I brought here, was actually 1 million to 1.5. That's the number we talked about. And it was Bill Ritchie, who sits on the committee, who also sits on capital, and that's how that discussion came we brought here. And the number we were able to come up with was 700. Yeah. That was what we could find, and it almost got reduced to five. Matter of fact, you might remember, Ian Marie had it at 975. She threw some free cash in and had her move, because that's how much they expect this to be. The other issue to Tim is, you had $5 million, and as I, I'm just going to go back and say, if, if this comes in at more than $3 million, what are you going to do? That's, and, and I believe Mindy and Susan provided a, a, an opportunity tonight to get us. The third is, I've heard all this AG, AG, AG is one who had, had an, who had a former AG come in and consult on us for all this, so I've listened to that one a lot about this over the years. Um, I do think this warrants you having a conversation. My only memory, and I quote John Flynn on this, is saying to a board long before I'm on it, if you want to build a new shelter there, show me what you're going to do with the rest of it first. So that's, and the third thing is this, and I ask you this, Mr. Forward-Thinking Planner, think about this. You and I both know the difficulties that will be putting anything of significance or affordable on, a, on that road in the location where there's no amenities, no bus, no transport. If you could do this and add some affordable housing to the remaining three acres and gain the existing parcel of four acres on the dump road for an, an, another affordable, not just an affordable site, something like a Miller, a Miller Ave 2, Tell me that would not be a beneficial thing in your big picture to the town. Like the grin in your face. No. 
So, I, and I'll, I'll, t I'll, t I'll take some of these comments in, in, in reverse. Um, so the, the, the thing that I'll, I'll say is, um, well, generally speaking, I, I, I don't disagree with Roxanne or, or Richard about effectively kind of pursuing a parallel track here. Um, there's been a lot of hard work, a lot of money, a lot of resources put behind the effort to build on the dump road site. Um, and and I don't, I'm not saying this in sort of a sunk cost fallacy way. I'm saying, like, you know, the quote that Mike read is, is absolutely accurate. We are closer than we've ever been. Um, we believe that we have come up with as many cost savings as we possibly can to do this in a way that satisfies the Animal League, that satisfies the town's needs, that fits within the smallest possible budget that we can get. That includes the town's contribution, that includes you know, the, the revamping of the footprint, that includes you know, the modular construction. Now, there is a possibility that these bids come in higher than the budget. Um, you know, one of the, th the reasons why you put these solicitations out there is to find that out. Um, how much do things actually cost? At that point, the town and, and you know, I'll, I'll help in any way I can, um, but ultimately it's at this table, is going to have to make some really difficult decisions about what is the future of this project and, and how is it going to happen. So in that vein, I think the idea of if there are side conversations that we can have, if there are alternative plans that we can develop, 100%. Um, you know, I think, I think what you're hearing tonight is just a very strong reaction against changing course. And, and I think what we can come up with is not necessarily a change of course, but a sort of, there's a ship that Alyssa was talking about changing the direction of, and then there's a, a dinghy by the side that is, uh, this metaphor is going to fall apart, but, but you know what I mean. Um, to, to, to Richard's point, the thing, the thing I'll say about the, the, the current Governor Stoughton site is there, is there is a portion of it that has stormwater infrastructure for the Pulte project. Um, I, I think that that was designed so that anything else that we did on, on that four acres would also tie into that. Um, so, you know, the, the four acres becomes less than four acres. Um, you know, that less than four acres becomes less than that if there's a new shelter facility, um, which would, I, I think, naturally need to be bigger than, than the current one. So the you want to have as much elbow room as you can in, in, in a sort of a higher density site um, for housing for all the reasons that we hear about when we talk about any multifamily project in town. Um, you want to have the screening, you want to have the buffering, you want to have the ability to you know, manage stormwater and, and, and address all these impacts. And so you know, to be able to get the, 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 the size that you need, you need a, a, a decent sized site. Um, both of these parcels of land, if you look at them on the map, are, are, are decent sized. The reason that the shelter is kind of crammed into the corner of the dump road site is, you know, it's ledge all over, but this is probably the least ledgy place, and, and it's all wet. So, you know, you can build on ledge, you can build on wetlands, we do it all the time, but that becomes just an added expense for an affordable housing project. So, you know, these sites are all there, and, and they're, you know, quite honestly the best that we've got, which isn't saying much. You know, so you can, you can figure out a solution to these. It's just, you know, it's, they're, they're both tough sites to develop for, for, for these reasons. I'll, I'll leave the, the kind of the legal questions to Kevin, um, but I think that, you know, there's a way to pursue, you know, the, the, the point that, you know, having these conversations doesn't cost anything but, you know, the time it takes to pick up the phone. I, I think that's, that's 
that's fine. But I, 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 I really strongly believe that, you know, we're on a track with this RFP. We have a really great project manager working with us. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, we're doing all that we can to reduce the cost on this thing. So. You said the same thing to me six months ago. You did. I'm just being the devil's advocate. That's all I have, Mr. Chair. Okay. Does, okay. Does Kevin have a, I was going to say, Kevin, do you have an opinion to what Ross was asking earlier? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot if you need more time. That's okay. I totally understand that. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. I just wanted to know if there was any follow-up to that question. Sure. So I think your question was, could we rebuild what's there? I think that you have to be very careful with the language there. And when you say we, I'm not sure who you mean. Could the Governor Stoughton trustees rebuild what's there? I don't think so. Not with Governor Stoughton funds. Right. No. No. That's what I'm thinking could the, of. Could the town or some other group rebuild what's there? Perhaps. Just because it's been there, though, I'm, I, I think that there's an obvious difference between it, we've done certain things in the past and are we permitted to do those things now? There may that's something that I think is worth looking at. If there is in fact a complaint that was filed, um, then that's worth looking at. And you've mentioned that to me a couple of times. I haven't seen that complaint. If that's something that has been filed and there there has been some opinion by the AG's office and some judgment issued by a probate court saying that an animal shelter can't exist there, then we need to see that and I'm not gonna I can't speculate as to what that might say and then what we could do as a result of it. You need to see it first. Yeah. Um, the other two points which are related that I'll make is I think you need to quickly distinguish between two possibilities here. I think one that's being discussed is that the town, excuse mm. me, the Governor Stoughton trustees dispose of a half acre of its property, right, to the I think she said, some 501 I think she said all lease, e either one, either okay. dispose of all, all lease. Either right. one, I think you would necessarily need to consider another Cypre doctrine, another Cypre action to get guidance from the court mm -hmm. as to whether or not you can actually do that. Uh, if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to, <clears throat> if, you're going to dis if you're going to lease the property, and, and again, that's either for dis selling it outright or leasing it, those two things you have to get some approval through the probate court for. If you're simply going to lease the property, I am concerned that you're going to run into the exact same procurement issues that we've discussed uh, on this particular project a number of times whereby um, a third non-municipal entity um, builds the shelter and then in some fashion, it's either, it's either leased back to or somehow incorporated back into the town. Now, it's, it seems to me what's being proposed is that it might stand apart from the town in perpetuity and that the town, in fact, would actually be a subtenant at its property. I, I think that that is a, a concern of mine from a procurement perspective that we need some guidance on from the Office of the Inspector General who runs procurement. Um, because what we have looked at in the past is property that was owned by the town, but then um, a third party would build the project and then give it to the town. That is, that is clearly, um, according to some, uh, some case law in Massachusetts, a violation of the procurement law. You can't, you can't subvert the procurement law by having a third party build it and then send it back. It seems to me like this is not that. This is slightly different than that but it's certainly close enough that it would need to be to be looked at to, de 
to confirm from the IG's office that they don't have a problem with that process. Mm -hmm. um, those are my thoughts. Thank you. Can I ask more questions? So um, I did want to ask our forward-thinking town planner because I do think that he's very forward-thinking. And while you said it very flippantly, well, I was. Oh no, the, he, I wasn't. He, we we talk five times a week. He and I. So he's like, done an amazing job. He knows what I'm, I mean. When I met with him, one of the things that he showed me in his office was the original animal shelter drawing or whatever that was, the rendering, and um, how you had worked here and worked on it and then left and then came back and it was still hanging over your head. Um, and so I just wanted to first say thank you for all your work that you've done. I really appreciate it. And not to put you on the spot, but do you have an opinion about what would be in the best interest of our town for moving forward? Would it be to continue down the, the close path that we are or to shift gears? Uh, for, for Rich and I are cool. I mean, we're totally, we're fine. I'm always um, No, I appreciate that. Um, the record, Tim knows that no one supports the employees of this town more than I do. That's, one, one, the tone that you were saying. It's one, 100%. Um, the, so, I, I mean, if, if, if you're asking my opinion, I, I think that, you know, the... the, the I want to wanna have it all, Right. right? So we, we, we have we, we have a piece of land that is that is relatively developable at the Governor Stoughton site um, that, you know, for a very long time has been, you know, considered as, well, you know, we hung on to this piece and we really need to sort of get our hands around the affordable housing issues that we have in town. And here's one of the, you know, probably the best opportunity we have to do that. Um, you know, my office for, you know, quite some time has been looking at town-owned assets, you know, for a lot of purposes, affordable housing, the school project, all sorts of other projects. And, you know, for a lot of the town-owned land that we have is conservation. It's wet. It's got some Article 97 restriction. We're kind of tackling these issues, you know, in, in, other, in other places. Um, We've got another site that for a very long time has been considered for the animal shelter. And so, you know, it's presented challenges and, you know, we're aware of how long this project's been going on. We're aware of what the challenges are. Um, you know, the there's not a lot of other options out there, um, you know, from a land perspective. And so to be able to have, you know, to, to put a, a, a dent in the affordable housing problem and to get the animal shelter in place is, you know, if you want it all, that's what it all is. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not dumb, though, right? I, I go to all these meetings. I have my hands on this committee, um, you know, every week. And... We may not be able to have that. Um, so I think that, again, it's not a sunk cost situation because I do think that there's been a lot of good work and, and there's a lot of open-ended questions that are out there. I think that we need to, you know, we're going to meet tomorrow. We're going to, you know, get a contract amendment in your hands next week uh, with our designer. That's one of the last pieces of the puzzle for the RFP. We're going to get the RFP out there. And we're going to see what the fruits of that labor is of really ro and, and, you know, the Animal Shelter Committee is, is, is one of the great committees in this town, very knowledgeable, very committed. Um, they will meet at, at, at the drop of a hat to, to address whatever issue needs to be addressed. And, you know, they put a lot of hard work in. And, you know, if, if the proposal that we're putting into this RFP doesn't work, 
then you know we're 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 at square one. Okay. We, we may be even before square one okay. um, because with construction costs, with labor costs, with you know the land situation, um, you know we're going to have to figure something out. So, in light of that, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think there's a, a lot of harm in in at least having the conversations. You know, having. Mm-hmm. Kevin initiate the conversations that he needs to initiate, mm-hmm. and if we have people that are out there in town that that want to put the the legwork in, I I, I don't. There's not a huge problem with that. I, the, the problem would be, you know, all right, we're 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 ditching the the dump road site and we're going with this. You know, th- this other proposal has a lot of question marks, and we talked about them tonight. Um, those question marks may be able to be answered. Um, but I think, you know, you heard testimony from Nancy Persani, your testimony from the Animal League and from the committee, um, that, you know, there are a lot of question marks. We may be in a situation in a few months where the, the RFP comes in within the budget and we can build this project the way we wanted to build it and we'll be off to the races. There's another future where this alternative proposal may be the best that we've got. And so I think it makes sense to spend the time to, to at least look into it. Um, so that's... Thank you for that. Tim, a question. When do you expect the responses to the RFP? <clears throat> I have the Gantt chart on my phone. Um, you know, like so. 30 days, 30-something days from now? <sighs> so from, um, from the posting of the advertisement to proposals due would be would be about a month. So the, the, the schedule is February 15th to March 14th um, for the solicitation to be out there. Um, that schedule may bump a week or two, um, you know, based on, on, on some work that may still need to be done. But that's kind of the general, you know, the solicitation is out there for a month. And then once we get them in, you know, there's, there's some other work to be done on our end. Um, but, I, you know, just, just based on that schedule, um, you know, modular construction, you know, the process, you know, which is a lot of kind of desktop kind of drawing work, um, you know, could potentially start in April. When would the site package component be bid out? I'll have to get back to you on that. That's a major, the site package is a major, major component of the current site. So we'll have to use this information in setting a date to return to the subject because we really want to have that type of information available to us for a next step by the yeah and 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 so the the, the committee is meeting to uh, you know approve the contract amendments with the designer um, at that at which point we'll get that to you um, we can provide you know if there's an updated um, timeline um, you know based on on our conversation with the project manager tomorrow we can also get that to you um, and and you know specific questions about how that site work kind of is gonna is gonna work in tandem with everything else. So you and Nick can timetable this for us. That'd be great. Um, the next item that we have is with respect to. Mm. Can you go. Come up the stair. Can you go? Oh yeah, by all means. <laughs> See. He looks, out, he for, look, looks out for staff. Unless he wants to stay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good luck tonight. Thanks for being here, Tim. The status of each of the buildings on the campus site. Very interesting, at least from my perspective, and I wanted to find out, if, from your perspectives, to find out, again, what it is that we're dealing with in this site. Um, 
what the building department says about the I think Bill Ritchie's the guy you want to bring in. He's, he's the one that knows the most about it. From fire department, historic commission, you get all that information from at least these three departments. Are there any others that we should be consulting with that anybody can think of? So one point that you bring up, which I brought up at a prior to a prior board, is Pulte moved the pest house, which is in a new site, which was occupied and rented to a tenant for 30 years prior to them moving it. I, I don't know why at least that one we're not looking at this board here as to making it, putting some money to it, make it livable, and rent that out as an affordable house. It's just sitting there on a brand new foundation from where they moved it. So the pest house is the first, first on the right. one on the right. Yeah, that, um, which was, right. so that was set, if you look out, the first house on the left, if you walked in, that's where it, it was, it was about a thousand yards away from the main houses. But unlike the other two, which have a lot of, really deteriorated. The pest house is, is on a brand new foundation and I think it might behoove us to at least look to get it, make it upgrade enough to make it livable. I mean, maybe we do it like Blue, Hill, Blue Hills helped put the addition on, Blue Hills Regional, the addition on the, on the existing shelter years ago. Bring them in and make it a project and make it, it's at least just, a, it's, a, it's just sitting there. It just sits there. They moved it, put it on a brand new foundation, and it's been sitting there for two years. Okay, so we have an assessment from uh, Lindsay in the yeah. building department it, 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 and take a look at that again at a subsequent meeting. If I may, uh, you, you want to rent it? Yeah, I want to rent it. <laughs> I, um, I think we should have the Affordable Housing Trust weigh in on that. On whether that would be a good place or a good way to spend Governor Stoughton funds because we'd have to spend Governor Stoughton funds to do this renovation, whether that would be a useful. Uh, measure from, right next door from an affordable housing. Well, the one good thing about it, I don't, even, I don't even think you need them. The one, historically, all three were rented by this board <coughs> for years. That was the last one occupied. So the, the arms house was, was rented by the Dillons for probably 30 years. I think Mike's point was whether or not we want to use Governor Stoughton funds. So and and my, also, my point also is the Affordable Housing Trust, there are experts in whether a project makes sense from an affordable housing perspective. So I'd like to hear from them if we should spend money to on put something that makes house? sense that makes sense from an affordable housing perspective. Which is not me. Yeah. I will bring it to them. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's only one unit, but one is one. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe, because I was on the we we put that in the agreement, Kevin, right? That we made them move that. That was in the, that was in the uh, the P and S. They had to move that building and put it on a site where it could be where someone could live in it, and it, they did it. And it's sitting there for two years unoccupied. Kevin, did you want to comment on this? I don't no. think he was. Well, he wasn't here. It was John when when we did that. Yeah, that was before my time. John. I can certainly get the the purchase and sale agreement and take a look. Yeah. I mean, that's not a problem. If you could, let's um, move on. I want to try and. Maximize our time. I wanted to, with item number seven, see if you would be agreeable to having this meeting occurring like it is on roughly a quarterly basis. If there are circumstances that warrant it being moved up, we would do so quarterly, but at least we'd have a calendar for the governor's vote and trustees quarterly. Is this agreeable by consensus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see no disagreement. Um, 
I had also um, wanted to see whether or not, considering all of the work that's on the table among uh, various members of the select board, the chair, the, the vice chair in particular, as to whether or not we might have, um, assuming that the chair of the select board is the chair of this, at least until we decide otherwise, and that's open. As far as I'm concerned, you can have any select board member as chair of the governor's vote and trust from my perspective, whether or not we might have, if that continues, a, a vice chair of this trust uh, designated who could work with the chair in moving along the work of the governor's vote and trust. Is that something that would be amenable and be a liaison to different departments and, and uh, finance and so on down the line, building department, whatever it happens to be? I have a question on that. A sure. um, couple of things. One is, um, as far as that goes, my understanding is that we're all trustees yeah. of this. And so I'm wondering, I, in my packet, I've never seen a copy of the trust um, or the will. And I'm wondering if, if we can be can have that. I think that we need that before we start making any changes because to how we are working this. Um, you know, I don't know what it says exactly in there if you can do this, if you need to have votes. I, but I want to see it, you know. So I'm brand new to this board. I don't know that we, I, I want to know what, what would the purpose of that be? Why do we need that? Why do we need those rules? Can you explain that a little bit, what the value is? Um, I just want to understand it a little bit better. Tell me a bit more about rules. About the roles. Oh, roles. Yeah, okay. I want to understand why this is being proposed, and I would like to have those documents as well. Thank you. So, 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 go ahead, Arthur. And then I'll ask my question after. Go so ahead. To propose someone who would be the point person as a liaison, if you would, with different parties in putting together the work of the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust. Because right now it's falling on you, correct, Mr. Chair? It or always, it's it falling has. off the table. Or it's falling off the table. Which so is what my greater looking, concern. I understand what you're looking to do. That makes more sense. And th this is something that might evolve over time, but at least there would be a point person with whom we could collaborate on things that would be desired, needed, and what they would bring to the table, too. We could defer this to our next meeting. Um, in the presence of the information that you requested, we don't have to act on it tonight. I feel like I don't, I'm not able to make that decision. I don't have any information on how it's structured. I mean, I don't know if that's something that if we did, you know, would all of us have to vote on it? Would some of us have to vote on it? Uh, what is the real benefit? How often would this person need to be involved? You know, I, there's too many unknowns. I don't know about it quite yet. And it's worked this way for so long, so I'm just trying to understand why we're making the change. And I have nothing to really you know, make that decision tonight. So I'm open to it. So when I saw it, I just, I'm like a, a vice chair, I didn't know what we were doing. I'm like, yeah. is this something, so this is something you thought of that you want to try and implement? Uh, based upon two and a half plus years of experience of just watching what we can do and what, what we, we can't, can't do. do. Um, the absence of a point person um, or continuity as would well. Would this change annually, or would this person stay in that role for the whole time they're on the board? I mean, that, to me, to the point of continuity, maybe it would, maybe that becomes just like another assignment. When you, 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 you see where I'm going that? Or, like that, or it, it just, could be coterminous with, okay. the, with, the, with, the, with the chair and the vice chair of the select board, the way the chair of this is, so. 
So that makes it annual then? Yeah. yeah. Subject to reappointment if the person decides to continue. Can I think about that? For sure. Okay. That's why I suggested maybe. I saw the motion. That's why I don't know if you want to do it no. tonight. Okay. It's so on the table. We could do it, but I think um, we want to give this some further thought and have it on the next agenda. People might have ideas, uh, but again, the big point is to have some point, some sense of coordination, some point person would be willing to be the focus for this I get and it. make sure that we don't drift. I got it. Um, Mr. Chair, it also says financial liaison. So these are two separate roles or one role? There would be one role. This is in part due to the fact that we oftentimes, or we always only get financial information when we ask for it. Mm -hmm. And this person would set up something that would be systematic, whereby they would receive it, they could bring it to the attention of the trustees, help with the setting of the schedule of the meetings, things of that nature. If there are any changes that are going on that we need to be aware of, but somebody who would be able to look at that, somebody who the treasurer would know is a point person. $5.3 million is not small change. Right. I agree. That's, that's a significant fiduciary responsibility. I've been a, a trustee and a chair of scholarship funds with a lot less money than that, and the diligence that's required is something that, quite frankly, we could adopt without having to maybe go to the extreme that some of the other funds use. But we could move ahead of where we are. Like, so if we could think about that and just um, besides those documents offhand, do you think this is something that is allowed for in the trust? Yeah, so just to be clear, there's the Governor Stoughton will, right. uh, which is, you know, it's, it's quite old. It was actually written out in longhand and we, a yeah. long time ago, we had it typed up so that I can give you that copy and you'll be able to read sure. it. Uh, there is no trust document per se. There is a what's called a testamentary trust that has been created as a result of language in the will. So the language in the will says that this property is to be given to the town for the benefit of the poor of the residents, or the benefit of the poor of Milton, and to be, you know, the, to be uh, cared for, to be um, uh, provided for and taken control by the select board as trustees, right? But there isn't a separate document that says trust of, the gov of Governor Stoughton. That's okay. not okay. Um, I think that being the case, the designations that you're talking about are all perfectly acceptable. I mean, there's there's no statute, for instance, that says the select board has to have it, you know, I believe a vice chair or a secretary, mm -hmm. but yet the boards are organized in that fashion because that's how they work best. I don't think that there would be anything that would prohibit you from doing the exact same thing with the Governor Stoughton trustees. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if we could talk about it at our next meeting, that we meet, I think that would be that would be great. Give us a chance to sort of great. let things sink in a little too. Absolutely, Mr. Chair. It, it does occur to me, uh, and this is uh, related to the affordable housing trust. We did have there were people who were trying to be, and it's a hybrid meeting, but there were people who were trying to be recognized. I thought on affordable housing, maybe they dropped off. I, I thought you said they put their hands down. Oh, did they? Okay. I thought he said they that. They moved down. That's why. Yeah. The, so, Mr. Chair, they are there. They had raised their hand during the affordable housing trust. Excuse me, the affordable housing conversation. Um, so, if you want to return to them, um, I can you have bring them over. Or I thought you said they took their hands down. That's why I didn't push it. During, okay. Briefly during the. You, know. you want a timeline here tonight? What would you? All right, let's let's let's. I'm going to defer to the chair because of the timing of things, and I understand that. Um, but if if 
if it doesn't work out this time, if we could have them at the next one, I know that it's, I'm not the best conduit for explaining their knowledge. Okay. I think, I think it would be good to have a dedicated discussion Does okay. that make on sense? another agenda. I listen, but I'm not the best comment. But I would just put at the end of your comment, yes. Yes, correct, correct. Okay. Uh, nine is uh, discussion approval grant request from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical how much, Center. Is, how, much the, how much is the email? How much is the email? I would like to be yourself. Yes. What's the email? How much money? What's the amount that we have left? No, the amount that they were asking for. I didn't. Fifteen. So I just so they did um, submit a request for fifteen thousand dollars, which is similar to their past um, right. amounts. But the disbursements that the trust has made typically occurred um, in March. So um, because we received it, we did include it on the agenda. But um, if the trust is interested in um, seeing if the other typical um, groups that we um, have dispersed money to in the past. Are also seeking funds and consider them all together at a future meeting. Uh, we could work it that way. Um, Who are you referring to? The food cupboard. We haven't heard from. Um, we haven't reached out. We haven't communicated with on it. So you mean the, you mean the Milton Food Pantry? Food Pantry. Excuse me. Yes. That wasn't in your 120. That was just strictly. No, that was for the strictly for the residents. They could also take a look at this first sentence here and probably change it for the and resend re this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to discuss this at a, at a later date. Okay. You okay? You don't want to put a place mark or anything for this tonight? I have some thoughts about. Okay. I have some thoughts about this on this grant. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, How I, come you only asked Mike? You, you got it, Mike. Guys, <laughs> told yeah, me the story. <laughs> and it would be great to see this in the presence of anything else that's out there. So it's not a standalone. I'm helping you out here, Mr. Chair. I'm going to uh, go into item 10. Can you please move? I'm going to move to approve the meeting minutes for March 23rd, 2022. Is there a second, please? Second. Thank you, Mr. Zulas. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Abstain. Abstain. Opposed? Oh, so it's one, two, three. We got it. Yep. So I'm going to make a motion to approve the meeting minutes for September 20th, 2022, uh, 2022 and October 5th, 2022, and December 21st, 2022. Second. Second. Okay. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? No abstentions. Mr. Thank Chair, you. I move to adjourn the Governor's Trustee meeting. Second. I'm helping. Aye. Okay. Aye. Okay. Aye. Aye. I'll second it and then. <laughs> we are calling to order the uh, meeting of the Milton Select Board after a very ambitious and interesting discussion under the aegis of the Governor's Stoughton Trustees. So we have an update um, for our special town meeting, February 13, Juan. Um, Mr. Zulis and I attended um, the Warren Committee meeting last night. The um, provisions were accepted or adopted by the Warren Committee for, uh, as presented by the town clerk. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, treasurer position will be discussed tomorrow. Everybody's prepared for that. That meeting will be at 7 o'clock downstairs in the Blue Conference Room. The purchase of Front Point Convent, located at 930 Brook Road, Milton, Mass., um, was uh, deferred until tomorrow night as well. The, there was a very lengthy um, discussion. Mike, maybe you want to comment on it. I think everybody uh, did well, but the, the um, 
one committee members felt that they would rather wait 48 hours and see if there was anything further in the negotiations information okay. before they made the final vote. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, I think I think uh, I think it's fair to say that it was a there was a favorable view around the table, uh, but they want they'd like to know what the specifics are. Without a vote, Without, there's no correct, vote. Okay. correct. Thank you, Mike. At this time, I move to enter into executive session to consider the purchase exchange lease of value of real property located at the 930 Brook Road Font Pond Convent, based on my belief the discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the select board. The select board will not return to open session. We will adjourn from executive session. Second. All in favor? It's a roll call vote. Thanks, roll call. Yes. 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 Okay. Right, Kevin, roll call to executive session, correct?